I'm Sid. And I'm Jess. And, and this, this is the Book Boyfriend Project. Today is going to be our April Speed Reviews episode. Uh, if you guys are new to this series, basically once a month, Jess and I each like to share a couple of kind of rapid fire reviews on books that we've read in a month. We both usually read way more than the two books that we do a really in-depth review on. So this is kind of a fun way for us to share other books that we've been into. Um, and also I feel like Jess and I add a lot of books to each other's TBR this way. Uh, yes, we very much do. Yes. So, do you want to review your first book? Uh, sure. So, my first book was Slouch Witch by Helen Harper. It is the first book in the Lazy Girl's Guide to Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I finished all three of these books. It's technically a trilogy. So, Ivy Wilde is the main character, and I'm just going to read you the synopsis. Let's get one thing straight. Ivy Wilde is not a heroine. In fact, she's probably the last witch in the world who you'd call if you needed a magical helping hand. If it were down to Ivy, she'd spend all day, every day, on her sofa where she could watch TV, munch on junk food, and talk to her feline familiar to her heart's content. (laughs) However, when a bureaucratic disaster ends up with Ivy as the victim of a case of mistaken identity... She's yanked very unwillingly into Arcane Branch, the investigative department of the Hallowed Order of Magical Enlightenment. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Her problems are quadrupled when a valuable object is stolen right from under the Order's noses. It doesn't exactly help that she's been magically bound to Adeptus Exemptus Raphael Winter. He might have piercing sapphire eyes and a body which a cover model would be proud of, but as far as Ivy's concerned, he's a walking advertisement for the joyless perils of too much witch work. And if he makes her go to the gym again, she's definitely going to turn him into a frog. <gasps> oh. So in this world, magic is known about, and the hallowed order of magical enlightenment is the ruling, well, not really the ruling body, but it's like where all of the witches like go to work, and it's like there's... It's, like, their training thing, and they have levels for, like, how experienced or, like, how much magic you know, Mm -hmm. and there's, like, herbologists, which is basically, like, the potion makers, Mm -hmm. and then there's our, they're, like, ruin witches, Mm -hmm. so they draw ruins with their, like, hands and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I don't think there's actual, like, spells beyond that, Mm um, so Ivy was technically in the Hollowed Order of Magic as, mm-hmm. like, a neophyte, which is, like, the beginner's level, mm-hmm. and one of the, like, a very wealthy witch family's sons, mm-hmm. like, cheated off of her, and then when he, like, blamed her, like, she was cheating off of him, um, she, like, punched him, mm-hmm. so she was kicked out of the Order for cheating and assault. So this book is technically, like... I don't know, six or seven years after she's been kicked out. Mm-hmm. And then she is over at her neighbor's house wearing, like, her pajamas, feeding mm-hmm. her neighbor's cat because her neighbor is, like, out of town and her neighbor is part of the order. And so they come in and they basically are like, you know, like, we're promoting you and now we're, like, you know, making you... Um, like tied to Raphael mm-hmm. as your mentor and Raphael doesn't work well with others mm-hmm. so they made this like an unbreakable bond <laughs> and so mm-hmm. we get 
you know, just the funny fantasticalness of that. Mm -hmm. I really, really loved this book. This series was freaking fantastic. Um, I didn't really like the way that the third book ended. It's it's one of those that really needs, like, an epilogue or something. Because mm-hmm. it kind of just ended, like, maybe that's not the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the author just decided, like, she didn't have any more stories to write for them. Or maybe she's just taking a break. Or maybe she's taking a break. Like, I don't know. I think the last one was released in, like, 2019, mm-hmm. I want to say. Um, actually, no. They were released, the first one came out in June of 2017, and the last one came out in August of 2017, so she, like, rapid released these over three months. Yeah. So she's definitely, like, done with it. You need more, though. But I want more. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So overall, I would probably give this, like, I don't know, like a four? Mm Mm-hmm. Just because, like, if there had been that, like, extra, then maybe it would have been, like, higher. hmm That's fair. Yeah. So, my first book is The Temporary Roomie by Sarah Adams, and I think I reviewed a Sarah Adams book last month as well. Um, this was my book stock for April. I was so excited when this, like, one came out. I think it came out, like, April 1st. Read it as soon as it came out. But I have to admit, I was a little bit let down by this one. So this one is about Drew Marshall and Jesse. So these are both characters that were in the previous book in this series. This is one of those series where like same characters, but they're technically standalones. Um, Jesse is a hairstylist and she is a soon to be single mom. She's pregnant right now. And Drew is a bachelor doctor. So, basically, the whole premise of this book is that Jessie is expecting her first baby. Um, She has a pipe burst in her house or something, and she literally cannot be in the house while the construction's happening, whether it's for the baby or whatever, I can't remember. And Drew happens to have a spare bedroom, and so Drew's sister is the main female lead in the last book, and so she basically courses him into letting her best friend Jessie stay with him. And Drew and Jesse have never gotten along. They've always kind of butted heads. And so, of course, this is an enemies to lovers. And Drew's like, okay, you can live with me, but I need you to pretend to be my girlfriend when, like, I have events where I need a date. And so it's just like, okay, fine. And this kind of leads to an epic prank war, which is probably my favorite part of this book. I love when there's, like, an epic prank war between the two love interests. I think that's super cute. Um, and of course, a relationship develops, they end up falling in love, blah, blah, blah. The writing in this was good, but I just didn't really like Jessie's character all that much. Because I feel like she was just, like, angry all the time. Like, that was her default setting. Like, she was Shrek. And, like, I don't know if part of that's because, like, she was pregnant and, like, you feel things more intensely when you're pregnant. Or, like, what? But that was a choice that the author made that I just didn't love. There is kind of hints of, like, Jessie's had things in her past that make her more closed off to new people. But at the same time, like, I know that Jessie can be, like, sweet and thoughtful because she's that way with the sister. So, I don't know. That just really kind of made this book not a total flop, but, like, not one that I'm, like, itching to reread. So, I gave this one a three and a half stars out of five. Mm. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's always, like, intriguing to me the, like, differences in, like, how you rate a book when it's, like, a follow-up of, like, the same characters to, like, a different book. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I think there was one book, I can't remember what it was, but it was, like, like, a standalone series book where, Mm -hmm. like, I loved the side characters that the next book was Mm -hmm. about, and then I read the next book, and then I ended up, like, disliking the characters when I actually was, like, inside their mind. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's, it's just interesting the way that thing, like, they, they just don't meet your expectations. Yeah. No, like, normally I don't have any issues with that. Usually I love the characters even more because, like, I got a little taste of them in the first book and then in the second one I'm getting more of them. But, like, I don't know. This one just really kind of missed the mark for me. hmm Yeah. So, my, oh, my next book is technically, like, a duet. Mm-hmm. So it was in, like, one book. But it's about the same couple, and it's technically, um, so it's, like, a second chance romance. Mm -hmm. And so it's, like, two books in one, and the first book is, like, when they meet, when they fall in love, and, like, the ending of that book is, like, when they break up. Mm -hmm. And then the second book is, like, okay, it's ten years later. Oh, did you mean duology? Maybe. I've always thought duology as, like, okay, there's two POVs. I'm curious now. Maybe we've, maybe I've been saying it wrong all this time. Because I was like, duet. I was like, oh, that's cool. Is it like two books that someone like mm-hmm. mirrored their perspective or something? No, like it has both like the male and female characters' perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, Never mind, like, keep going. I'm sorry. I know. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just read the synopsis. It was love at first sight, not just for Vivian, but for Corbin as well. Their eyes locked across the room and that was all she wrote. But they didn't rush things. They wanted to do it right. After all, they would spend the rest of their lives together, the love of each other's lives, soulmates. He was the intense and fiercely protective soldier, and she was his doting and faithful lover. They found their happily ever after. This was their story, until it wasn't. Ten years after Corbin divorced Vivian, after her confession while he was deployed, he still hasn't spoken to the girl who brought him to life, only to stab him in the heart, sending him into an even darker state than where he was before he met her. Ten years, he's been watching her from afar, keeping tabs. After an honorable discharge from the army, he's now a part of a group of mercenaries who carry out justice. Criminals who hide behind their fancy lawyers and power, they take care of them and make it all look like karma. And with intel from their founder, Dr. Walker, a therapist with a long list of predators whose victims were too scared to turn them in, work is plenty and fulfilling. Until V begins her sessions and Corbin discovers the reality he's lived the past 10 years was nothing but a lie when the truth is revealed. So, in the first book, it's revealed that, like, Corbin has some issues, and his main, like, ask of Vivian is that she be loyal to him always, and that she only be with him, and, um, at the end of the book, well, the prologue of the first book is her being raped. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know that she's raped for, like, the entire, like, thing. Mm-hmm. Um... And then the end of the book is, like, the aftermath. And so she ends up telling Corbin that she cheated on him, Mm -hmm. which is, like, the lie why he, like, divorced her. Mm -hmm. And she, like, told him, hey, like, basically, like, I cheated on you while Mm -hmm. you were deployed. Um, Because she fears that Corbin, in his overprotective 
angry state will like go after Mm -hmm. the man who raped her Mm -hmm. and the man who raped her is like really big really bulky and Corbin's like on the shorter side Mm -hmm. I mean he's still a soldier and he's still like very muscular but she is worried for his safety and worried for like him going to prison over what happened to her Mm -hmm. and when she tells him this she like doesn't like fully like remember his like ask Mm -hmm. when they first got together to always be loyal to him Mm -hmm. um so then they get divorced and then she starts her therapy sessions and it's all revealed and he's like oh my god she went through this and she didn't tell me and then I divorced her, and she had to cope with this all on her own. And he feels... It's... It literally was just so, so good. i definitely give this, like, a five. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is the first five I've ever given a book on this podcast. But I this... I so, too. This is a straight-up five. It had... Like, it had, like, the after. It had, like, the beginning. It had, like, freaking epilogue. I mean, there wasn't technically an epilogue, but there's, like, four other books mm-hmm. of, like, other characters in, like, the same mm-hmm. family of people. And so, like, I know, like, like in the second book, it's revealed that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that they got remarried. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think that's why it, like, bumps it up. Because, mm-hmm. like, has the next books. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. This is, this is, like, a super amazing read for me and it was definitely like a five star i can tell you're like beaming <laughs> you're doing your happy really, it was it was just it was so good i loved it so so much mm-hmm. um the only reason that i definitely gave away like the rape and the um like the cheating is i definitely wouldn't want anyone to go into this book without like, knowing that, because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a disclaimer at the end of the synopsis that says, triggers may lie within this book, but sometimes I feel like those... Could be more explicit. They could be more explicit. Like, yes, you're going to give away spoilers, but, like, I feel like they could do it like that, and then they could be, like, if you feel like you need to know what triggers, mm-hmm. and you feel like you don't care about the spoilers, then email this like or head to my website or head to my website where I give a list of triggers yeah like that kind of thing yeah um I agree I don't know I know it's like a different thing for authors and such but sometimes like I don't know for me it's like the dead dad thing like I want to I gotta know. <laughs> like, I want to know that there's going to be a dying parent so that I can read that part when I'm not in front of people. Yeah. Or, like... Need to have appropriate supplies on hand. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm fine with reading them now. Like, I can handle them. They don't, like, send me into, like, a tailspin. But, yeah. like, there's that, like, moment of, like, grief where you just need to, like... Yeah. Have your moment. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so my next book is Fable by Adrienne Young. Again, I feel like this book is all over, like, the book social media space, and I've had it on hold at the library for, I swear to God, like, three months, and I finally got it, so I'm gonna read the little synopsis. Welcome to a world made dangerous by sea and by those who wish to profit from it, where a young girl must find her place in her family while trying to survive in a world built for men. 
As the daughter of the most powerful trader in the Narrows, the sea is the only home a 17-year-old Fable has ever known. It's been four years since the night she watched her mother drown during an unforgiving storm. The next day, her father abandoned her on a legendary island filled with thieves and little food. To survive, she must keep to herself, learn to trust no one, and rely on the unique skills her mother taught her. The only thing that keeps her going is the goal of getting off the island, finding her father, and demanding her rightful place behind, beside him and his crew. To do so, Fable enlists the help of a young trader named West to get her off the island and across the narrows to her father. But her father's rivals and the dangers of his trading enterprise have only multiplied since she last saw him, and Fable soon finds that West isn't who he seems he is. Together, they will have to survive more than the treacherous storms that haunt the narrows if they're going to stay alive. So, like, this is a pirate book, and I don't think I've ever read a pirate book before, so immediately off the bat, I was intrigued by that. Um, and I enjoyed the characters, I enjoyed the setting, but this book didn't fall flat for me, but A, I feel like I had such high expectations because I've been seeing everyone just rave and rave about it, and B, I got to the end of this book, and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, like, this is the end of the book, like, where's the rest of the book I don't know if I've just gotten so used to like Sarah J Mass writing like 600 plus page books and like I read this one it was a little bit shorter and I was like well where's the rest of the story but like that just kind of knocked off a big old star for me so I gave this four out of five it's an interesting plot I enjoyed the writing it was it was a book that I enjoyed overall I just feel like it's overhyped and like I'm missing something there is a second book out now it's called Namesake I think I'm gonna listen to that one once I get through some of the author audiobooks I've checked out right now from the library, but I don't know. I think it's really overhyped. Interesting. See, I have, like, an issue with reading, like, really popular books mm -hmm. that are, like... Because you mentioned, like, you wanted to do, like, potentially an episode talking about, like, books we read because of Bookstagram or, like, Book Talk. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have, like... I don't know, I'm very skeptical skeptical about reading books that have, like, a ton of hype around them, because mm -hmm. I'm like, hmm, you're really hyped up, but are you really worth all that hype? Yeah. Usually, so. I don't have any issues with that. Like, if everyone loves a book and I read it, like, usually, like, it's good, I see the merit of it, but for these books, that book and the book I'm going to talk about in a second, I feel like for, like, the past six months since we've really been, like, in this space this is these are like books that come up like I swear like every three or four posts when I'm scrolling through mm -hmm. so like I just had super duper high hopes for them mm -hmm. and like it was good but like it didn't change my life yeah it wasn't as good as the posts led you to believe yeah yeah um so my next book is actually an enemies to lovers I don't read many of those it's also like a contemporary romance <gasps> So, this one was, like, very much Sid's jam, but, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Um, it's not typically my jam, but I really loved it. So, it is Something About You by Julie James. It is an FBI U.S. attorney book one. Um, this is part of a series, and as far as I can tell from the synopsises of the, like, next books in the series, none of them follow the, like, side characters that I met and loved in this book mm -hmm. which kind of makes me sad um so let me read the synopsis for this one um of all the hotel rooms rented by all the adulterous politicians in Chicago female assistant U.S. attorney 
Cameron Lynn had to choose the one next to 1308 where some hot and heavy lovemaking ends in bloodshed. And of all the FBI agents in Illinois, it had to be Special Agent Jack Pallas who gets assigned to this high-profile homicide. The same Jack Pallas who still blames Cameron for a botched crankdown three years ago nearly ruining his career. Work with Cameron Lynn? Are they kidding? Maybe Jack thinks this is some kind of welcome back prank after his stint away from Chicago. But it's no joke, the pair is going to have to put their rocky past behind them and focus on the case at hand. That is, if they can cut back on the razor-sharp jibes and smother the flame of their sizzling hot sexual tension. Fate has thrown two sworn enemies into each other's arms. I love it. So this book was really, really amazing. Um, So three years ago, Jack Palace was undercover with, like, a gang. And he'd been undercover for, like, two years. And, um, you know, he, his cover got blown. The FBI got him out from underneath undercover. And the case is assigned to U.S. Attorney Cameron Lynn. However, the... Um, actual U.S. attorney decides that they're not going to press charges on the Martino brothers, which is, like, the gang that he had infiltrated, even though he had, like, tons of, like, not evidence, but, like, witness stuff, whatever cops get when they go undercover. I don't know. It wasn't really explained what he had on them. Um, but even though they had all of that, like, evidence hearsay whatever um they couldn't make like they couldn't convict him they i don't know if they could have convicted him or not but it would have been like a high profile media case Mm -hmm. and so the um u.s attorney was like no cameron we're not doing this um we're not pressing charges because i'm not failing on that big of a stage um so then jack says some crap on media about cameron and they get him reassigned mm-hmm. to, like, Nevada or Nebraska or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how, like, that went down. Mm-hmm. But now, in the beginning of this book, Cameron is having her wood floors redone. Mm-hmm. And so she decides to treat herself and go stay at a hotel. Mm-hmm. And then there is, you know, some sex going on in the apartment hotel next to them Mm -hmm. then they stop and then like half an hour later they start up again so she calls guest services and when guest services goes into the room they find a dead body like the woman died the woman is dead so this one had like that suspensey like whodunit murder vibes Mm -hmm. that i really loved in the wife upstairs which is why i kind of gravitated towards this Mm -hmm. um this sounds just like an episode of the rookie that i watched last night the rookie yeah it's it's a cop show i'll tell you about Ah, it okay Yep, but this one was really good. I'd probably give it, like, a three and a half, like, a three, seven, five. It wasn't, like, life-changing, but it was, like, it hit the itch. It sounds like a good, like, weekend read. It hit the itch that I wanted after finishing The Wife Upstairs. Mm -hmm. I love the sound of this one. I love a little bit of, like, a little sprinkling of mystery in my books. I think it's really fun. Um... And I, like, this is, if this was a movie, like, I'd be like, sign me up right now. We're going opening night. But for some reason, I'm not always drawn to books like this. But, mm-hmm. like, I need to give them more of a try. Because I did love The Wife Upstairs a mm-hmm. whole lot. Yep. So, this one is actually on audiobook with our library. Oh, bonus. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Um, so my next book is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. I was originally drawn to this book when Jess and I took a little trip and we were in this independent bookstore <laughs> and I immediately saw this book when we walked in and I made a beeline for it and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, because the cover is gorgeous. So this book has really been on my radar for quite a while and I feel like that in combination with the amount of people on the book social media space who have just raved about this book is like their favorite book. I had sky high expectations for this book. Was it a fantastic read? Absolutely. Was it beautifully written? Absolutely. The plot was unique. The characters were really great. I haven't even read the little intro part. Let me do that really quick. A life no one will remember, a story you will never forget. France, 1714. In a moment of desperation, a young woman makes a Faustian bargain to live forever and is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. Thus begins the extraordinary life of Addie LaRue, and a dazzling adventure that will play out across centuries and continents, across history and art, as a young woman learns how far she will go to leave her mark on the world. But everything changes nearly 300 years later when Addie stumbles across a young man in a hidden bookstore and he remembers her name. So this little blurb is pretty sparse and I feel like that's done intentionally so you're not 110% sure what you're actually walking into. It's a beautiful story either way. Um, so obviously the main character's name is Addie and she is born in 1714, she's not born in 1714, but in 1714 she was supposed to get married to this like gross older man in the village and she doesn't want to, but of course like women don't have rights at that point. So on the eve of her wedding or the day she's supposed to get married, she runs into the woods and starts pleading with the gods and she pleads to like the devil basically and the whole like lore with this is like the gods that come after dark don't pray to them because like they'll give you bad bargains and he, she's like i want to get away from here i want more time i can't do this this can't be my life and so the guy so the um god is like okay fine i will get you away from here and so her curse is that um she will not stay in the memory of anyone that she meets basically from like sun up to sundown or like midnight to midnight um if she meets you at 1201 you will forget her by the following midnight and so this book is written in kind of that um co or not coexisting in that like dual timeline to where you get a couple chapters of Addie in the present then a couple chapters of Addie and her life or her 300 year long life in kind of how she's learned how to get around this curse and how just kind of she survived and explored the world. Um, as it says, she does finally stumble across someone who can remember her name and it's like this incredible moment for her because she hasn't been able to really develop relationships because you have to start over with someone every single day. Um, so that's really cute and the plot twist at the end just like ripped my heart out and like put it through the food processor. So... It was really fantastic. I don't really have anything bad to say other than like just I feel like my expectations were sky high and it didn't change my life. So I think I'm probably giving this one like a 4.25 out of 5. I think if I had just gone into this book with like less expectations it probably would have been on a 5 out of 5. But there was just so much hype around it that I was like I'm gonna read this book and never be the same. And that was not the case. Ooh. Yeah. So, I think that's going to wrap up our speed reviews for today. I didn't skip one of your reviews again, did I? 
No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, actually, while you... Every time you talk about that, like, Addie LaRue one, mm-hmm. um, all I can think about is, uh, like, the Blake Lively one that's similar to that. Yeah, and so I line. Yeah, I had to do some, like, research on IMDb to figure out, like, what one that was. Because, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... That's what it was. It always reminds me of The Age of Adeline. So I keep, like, looking up The Age of Adeline every time you talk about this book. And I'm like, wait. That's not it. Is that is that technically, like, inspired by that? Or, like, what is it? I have no idea. It's not. It's good, though. Yeah. Um, but that's going to wrap up today's episode. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what the last book you read was. Reach out on our social media. It's always linked down below. Um, We'd love to chat with you and don't forget to follow our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you have just a couple of seconds, leave us a rating or a review. It would really help us out. But that's it from us today. Thanks for listening.